like sales, like marketing, like chemistry, like anything else, uh, the experience with, with language learning is going to open up doors to you that uh, you might not have uh, been able to walk through otherwise. You're listening to the Getting Smart Podcast, where we unpack what's new and innovative in education. And today's episode is the second in a series sharing conversations with ed leaders, students, and parents about what's next in language learning innovation. Today we talk with Lisa Frumkiss, longtime language learning advocate and practitioner. Lisa invites us to think beyond why learning a language is important for students and adults, and to consider how it will actually be one of the biggest vehicles for innovation in our near and distant futures. This is Emily, and today I'm joined by Lisa. Lisa, if you don't mind introducing yourself to our audience and telling us a little bit about your background. My name is Lisa Farkas, and I'm Senior Director of Content Development at Rosetta Stone. And what that means is that all of the folks at Rosetta Stone were concerned with um, the creation of the words and the teaching methodologies um, and the audio. Who All those folks who work on that, those are my team. And we also work on not just content, but also assessments and research. As for myself, I've been involved in curriculum development for about 25 years now. Um, I originally started as a learner of French as a child. Um, I did mommy and me classes at the local university with my mom and did some exploratory learning in first grade at school. But it, up until about 1984, I was really only interested in French. And then I went to Belgium as an exchange student and was exposed to German and Dutch and realized that language learning was something I was really interested in and something I was good at. And from there, I studied a bunch of other languages. And most of my adult career, I have worked in computer and online-based uh, content creation for adolescent and adult learners with languages. Let's just start with why language learning. You just described that it was really powerful for you, but thinking about kids across the U.S. and globally, why do we need to be learning another language or multiple? <laughs> It's one of those things that I think in the United States is discounted a lot. It's seen as a nice-to-have or an extra after your your requirements have been fulfilled, you know, so your core for your math and your language arts and your social sciences and your sciences. Um, but one of the great things about language, there's many great things about language, but it's a really great brain builder uh, and really helps you in your other uh, fields of study. So there's research out there that shows that, hey, if you've got a kid who's uh, not doing well in math, struggling in reading, sometimes the thing to do for them is not to give them remedial uh, attention in those other fields. Uh, it's to expose them to a, a foreign language instead. Um, for me, um, being able to speak other languages and being able to get comfortable in other cultures has afforded me a lot of opportunities uh, to do things I never thought I would have done. Uh, so, for example, uh, when I was working at uh, Getty Images, I uh, worked closely with the user experience team there. They were testing our, our new website. And uh, because I spoke French and German, I was able to travel to France and Germany and run usability studies, which is something I had never done before. Uh, and they trained me, and that was a, a great benefit to the company and uh, was a really interesting experience for me and really helped develop me as a professional. And not only in the workforce, but then also I'm sure you've seen how powerful it can be within communities. 
Absolutely. Uh, I think one of the most interesting things that I've been uh, learning about more recently is uh, how powerful uh, the language learning community can be. If you look at uh, learners of English in our schools and you look at their families, um, being able to incorporate the community of parents and uh, and neighbors into the education of kids. The parents can get some English language learning. Uh, the, the community is exposed to uh, the native languages and native cultures of these immigrants and uh, really helps build understanding and, and build a, a true community um, because people can see uh, how these different languages and cultures can interact together, uh, live by, side by side. I think a lot of times parents and families are seeing what you just described, the need immediately to connect with people just on the ground and in their existing communities, even really rural communities that I may not initially think have populations that are speaking languages other than English. This is something, again, I've been thinking about a lot myself, um, you know, given uh, the recent conversations about immigration, uh, to really realize that um, a lot of the recent immigrants are coming to, to smaller communities, not necessarily to big cities uh, or even urban areas or places where uh, you might have had a, a big uh, city in the past, but that city has, has shrunk, and seeing how those folks are reviving communities and seeing how they, they're creating um, uh, new jobs, new businesses, and uh, they are not just necessarily sticking to their own um, uh, groups from the countries they came from. They're really integrating, and um, this is something that, that I, I truly believe is, is, is America is fine, really being able to incorporate all of these new things and new people and new ideas and, and, and really for the better. Despite the fact there are many students who still do not have access to language learning, there's been a lot of progress made. Getting Smart team member Emily Liebtag is also a big proponent of language learning and spent some time working in dual language schools. So she asked Lisa to share some of the great work she has seen. I'd love for you to describe some of the great things you've seen as a lot of states, schools, districts, communities have started to incorporate more language learning, be it through a dual language program or, um, you know, after school programs, what have you. There's a myriad of different ways. One of the things that's been very interesting for me um, in my current position is being an advocate more publicly for, for language learning and teaching. And part of that has been with the Joint National Council on Languages. Uh, and this is a group of people who are working in industry, working in education, uh, working at the government levels in policy. And, and these folks are, are, are really trying to make a difference in making sure that everybody can understand uh, why language learning is important and, again, not just the nice to have. Uh, the American Academy of Arts and Sciences recently came out with the American's Languages Report, and that really talks in great, great detail about uh, why languages are useful, sensible things to study, and uh, what we need to do as a country to, to strengthen our, our um, to, to strengthen our, our language programs now. So I think the leap of hope there is that that report will do for languages uh, what was done for uh, STEM, so the science, technology, engineering, and math uh, a number of years ago. I think another thing that I find um, 
very encouraging is the clamor that I'm increasingly hearing for dual language programs. So schools that have a program where they're teaching both in, say, Spanish and English or Chinese and English, the students are getting instruction in both languages where they're perhaps learning their math in, in Spanish and then um, uh, learning their history maybe in English, that those programs are becoming so popular that school districts are having big waiting lists for them uh, mm -hmm. for admission to those programs, which I think is amazing and I think is great. Where do we still need to do some work? knowing that especially internationally in other places, this is just mainstream in schools and education. So what's the progress you've seen, and then where else can we still keep working? Um, I think one thing we need to um, learn about, though, in this country is the idea that people think in America, I think a lot, that if you don't get a language as a child, you're never going to get it. And mm -hmm. I, I think that's that's a sad and dangerous thing to believe because mm -hmm. you, when you learn a language as a young child, you might be able to learn it without an accent, but there's so much that uh, adolescents and adults can do in language learning and maybe even do faster than kids do it. So I want to make sure that people understand that these dual language programs are great um, and we should definitely have more language learning uh, in, in the earlier grades uh, from kindergarten on than we currently have. But if you don't get that or if you want another language later on, it's not too late. It's never too late. Uh, you can learn a language at any time in your life. And that's something that I'd like to see us making progress on. I think one of the things we have to continue to, to drive home is that Language learning is not a zero-sum game. Learning another language does not somehow diminish your ability in your mother tongue. Uh, to, to the contrary, uh, it makes you more capable in, in your native language. And I think this, that's still something that's not uh, necessarily uh, not necessarily understood across the board. And I think we need to figure out creative creative ways to make room for language learning on, alongside other important education missions. So. I think all too often the the conversation about language learning gets uh, gets derailed by well we should be teaching our kids computer programming instead no we should be doing both how do we and that's for me the big question how do we make sure that we can do the computer programming and the languages and the media literacy and the arts all these things that are uh, really so important. And that may involve uh, really taking a hard look at uh, what we consider to be our core values for our educational system. So that's something I'm, I'm interested in. This podcast is part of a series sponsored by Rosetta Stone. The Rosetta Stone Language Learning Suite for K-12 provides flexible e-learning solutions that are easily integrated with the teacher's in-class instruction. Its solutions are designed for all proficiency levels to fit your students' learning needs, from blank slate students with limited exposure to new languages to those building intermediate and advanced level language skills for college and careers. For more, visit rosettastone.com and follow them on Twitter at rosettastoneed. In this episode of the Getting Smart podcast, we're talking with Lisa Frumkiss, a language learning advocate for over three decades. Let's listen in as she discusses a really important issue when it comes to education, equity. How do we make language learning more equitable for students? And I know that part of that has to be online learning. Mm -hmm. So if you could talk a little bit about that, I'd, I'd love to hear your thoughts. 
So I think the seal of biliteracy, which has now been adopted by 24 states plus the District of Columbia, uh, is, is a wonderful uh, way of helping there be some, some equity uh, because we're recognizing the importance of a high level of competence in other languages alongside of English. And I also love the fact that these programs are not based on seat time, like how many classes did you take, but on what do you know, what can you do. That focus on competency is becoming more and more common. So while we don't want to waste students' time with endless testing days, we do want to ensure that they can do something with what they've been taught. Um, as for how do we make it more equitable for students to access language learning regardless of zip code, again, the strengths of those heritage learners, you've got people in this country who come from all over the world. They have all this wonderful uh, ability to speak their, their, their native language, and yet um, they are not necessarily always nurtured into developing that language competency, and I think that's one place um, that using technology to connect them with uh, their communities and with other uh, speakers of that language, both in their local community but also throughout the states and also in the world as a whole, um, that is a way to continue to help them strengthen their uh, skills. Lisa then shares how she has seen language learning improve outcomes in a community and has helped to connect parents and schools. We talked earlier about integrating and leveraging the local populations, the community, to increase learning opportunities and improve the learning outcomes for everybody, um, and involving the parents of, of language learners, whether they're learning English or, or a language other than English. I just came back from the TESOL conference, and even though that's a conference that's really based on uh, teaching speakers of other languages to teach, to, to uh, speak English, uh, you know, again, there was just a lot of emphasis on, on involving the community and really tapping into what the parents uh, could do in terms of helping themselves uh, to learn English, but also what they could do to, to help their, their children learn English and, again, to preserve uh, their own languages at the same time. Some might not initially say knowing another language is a 21st century skill, but after listening to Lisa, you might change your mind. Language competency, uh, cultural competency, these are really 21st century skills. Uh, and, uh, you know, seeing the creative ways that different schools are, are, are using technology or, you know, uh, different kinds of scheduling or whatever it is that they're trying uh, to make sure that language learning can be part of the experience. Uh, as, as a citizen, um, again, I, I feel like that 21st century skills bit um, is, is truly important to have a, an educated, literate, well-rounded citizenry, and language has to be a part of the core of that, again, not just something that's nice to have. Uh, we need to have that recognition that everybody can learn another language, and we need to provide uh, multiple opportunities for them to do so, and not just, I mean, it's good. If you can say hello, it's good. If you can be polite, it's it, if you can achieve the competence in another language to use it in the work atmosphere, um, that's even better. I I would like everybody to have the chance to um, really be able to to learn language uh, to that higher level and really be able to use it in that. Um, in that industry, in that business context. And that is something, again, 
that uh, I think technology can help with because you may have, you know, your Spanish teacher at school who may be very traditionally trained and may focus on on movies or, or literature, um, but what you may need as a Spanish speaker is um, the, the vocabulary and the skills to uh, go out and, um, uh, and and work on projects out in the field in, in Central America. Or you may be learning German, but what you really want to do is be a chemist, and you know that uh, German's going to help you understand a lot of the literature in that field. So there's a lot of opportunity to, via technology especially, to bring more students to higher levels in more depth in a wider variety of disciplines and languages because you may not have that local teacher who can do all that. Technology affords us the ability to connect learners with uh, folks who really can help them achieve their goals in both their language learning and in their uh, career choices. Is there anything else you wanted to share with our audience. Uh, a lot of our audience is really interested in innovations in education, which includes language. And I, a lot of people that might not see that connection, but I really do think language is a driver for innovation. I think for me, as as a as an educator, um, as a parent, as a as a professional, it's always been really important for uh, for me to really be able to integrate all of those parts of my life, uh, to be able to have my kids come to work, to be able to uh, have them understand what it is that I do so that they can think about their futures as well. Uh, I think technology, again, has uh, a lot of, uh, provides us with a lot of opportunities to connect with each other. But I don't want anybody to think for a minute that I think it's going to replace teachers. Uh, technology, uh, in its best form, uh, helps teachers do what they do better. Uh, gives them the opportunities to work more closely with more, more students on the things that are really giving them problems. And technology truly integrated into learning and truly integrated into a competency-based learning where you're getting credit based on what you know as opposed to how many hours you spent sitting in the classroom. Uh, that is uh, something that excites me a lot, uh, to be able to use technology to get more people uh, to their educational goals in a shorter period of time. And for me, again, as a parent, as a citizen, as an educator, uh, that's something I see as very important. I don't want to send my kids to school and have them be uh, feeling like they're wasting their time. Their time is precious. My time is precious, too. And I want to make sure that we uh, are using all the tools at our disposal to make sure that everybody's getting the kind of education they need and want and truly deserve. Well, thank you for sharing some of your time with us today and sharing those valuable insights. We really appreciate it, and thanks for being on the podcast. Thank you, Emily. I appreciate it. Thanks to Lisa Frumkiss for speaking with us today, to Emily Liebtag for producing, and to Troy Lund for mixing support. Be sure to check out the Getting Smart podcast on iTunes, and while you're there, subscribe and rate us. We appreciate each of our listeners and don't want you to miss a single episode. If you enjoyed this podcast, listen to All Children Should Be Bilingual with Superintendent Juan Cabrera from El Paso, Texas. He also shares a passion for language learning. You can find it on our SoundCloud or iTunes channel, Season 1, Episode 37. For more on all things innovation and learning, check out our blog as well at gettingsmart.com. For the Getting Smart Podcast, this is Megan and Kat signing off.